This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about the technology that affects us all, but few of us understand, presented in a format that can give you some basic understanding and the time it takes to drive to the grocery store. I'm Luke Covey, an independent journalist who's been writing about various technologies ranging from renewable energy to digital security for more than 40 years. I probably know more about it than you do, and if I don't, I will introduce you to those who do. In this commercial-free episode of Crucial Tech, we're going to be listening to a presentation from Rex M. Lee, who is a senior analyst and researcher at Black Ops Partners in San Antonio, Texas. He is um, an expert in what's going on as far as cybersecurity in our digital devices, and he was giving this talk at the Technosecurity and Forensics Conference in uh, La Jolla, where I was uh, last week. Uh, it's an interesting uh, presentation. It was very long, and I have worked very hard to edit down his one-hour presentation into 33 minutes. The reason I had to cut it down is that Mr. Lee is very proud of his accomplishments, and he should be, but he likes to keep uh, telling people about how great he is and all of the things he does. And one of the things he did is he was a uh, he testified at the... Uh, congressional hearings involving digital privacy and uh, Cambridge Analytica, uh, along with uh, the, uh, the CEOs of Twitter and Facebook and Google. And he has done some interesting research that demonstrates uh, something that I've been saying for a while, is that we are not that um we don't have much, much of a problem of the United States government surveilling us as much as we do corporations. And in this talk, we'll find out that what those corporations have been doing has, has been selling our information and access to our information and our devices to foreign nations. So the fact of the matter is foreign nations have a better idea of what's going on in our lives than our own government does. So we're going to go to this uh, interview. It's going to last about 33 minutes. Uh, there'll be a couple of times where I break in and you may hear some silence. And those are the places where I cut out uh, uh, repetitive information and when he was bragging about himself so we could get down to the heart of the information he was sharing with us. So here's Rex Lee of Black Ops Partners. a smartphone for personal and professional purposes, you are in fact enabling 15 or more multinational companies, including companies from Russia and China, plus potential business competitors to monitor, track, and data mine all of your personal and professional activities associated with the use of that device 24 by 7, 365 days a year. So to understand the gravity of that, you have to understand what a smartphone is. A smartphone is simply a integrated cellular phone and PC that is supported by um, telecom infrastructure that's regulated by the FCC, which means that a smartphone is no less significant than your home phone or your office phone and PC. Meaning that if you were to be surveilled on that device by a state actor, they would have to go to a judge to get a warrant. But today there's a, there's a way that you can be surveilled by state actors 
on these devices, there's a back door to that and it's being utilized today. Smartphones and tablet PCs are not private or secure according to T-Mobile and Verizon. In um, 2013, I was doing work for our U.S. defense contractor, Space Data, and they make high-altitude communication platforms for the military, which are used in uh, uh, combat. Uh, they had a BYOD program, and uh, they're one of the one of the businesses that ended up in competition with Google. And the CEO had expressed concerns over that with me that they were now competing against the Google Loom program as of uh, 2013. But yet, this company had a BYOD program using uh, leaky Google products within their business, actually bleeding uh, information to their business competitor, Google, through the use of any product supported by the Android OS or any Google products such as a web browser and so forth. So to, to prove that, Jerry, I told him of those security vulnerabilities in, in his BYOD program, and to prove that, he asked me to um, um, conduct research on a Samsung Galaxy Note smartphone, which I did. I basically reverse engineered the phone from an application standpoint and found out that there were 18 multinational companies, including a company from China, that were able to surveil and data mine me as soon as I activated that phone at T-Mobile and walked out of the store. So I, I presented some of my research to T-Mobile, and they wouldn't answer any of my questions, and I'm the paying customer, so I filed a formal consumer complaint with the FCC and sent the FCC my research, uh, and they forced uh, T-Mobile to answer my questions, but they only answered them in a nebulous form and basically had this to say. We too remember a time before smartphones when it was reasonable to conclude that when you activated T-Mobile uh, service with T-Mobile, that only T-Mobile would have access to your personal information. With the Samsung <coughs> Galaxy Note, the iPhone, and many other devices, there are indeed a variety of parties that may collect information. That was that admission came by way of a, a FCC consumer complaint that's public record. It's uh, record number four two three eight four nine. This was not told to me when I migrated from a secure BlackBerry to a, a, a Samsung Galaxy Note. They did not tell me that the product was, uh, was not secure or uh, uh, private form of telecommunications or mobile computing. In 2018, rather than research everything on the market, because by then I was tired of researching it, I simply turned the tables on Verizon and told them that I do work in the defense industry and within critical infrastructure and I need a private form of telecommunications and mobile computing due to the fact that I'm signing confidentiality agreements, non-disclosure agreements, plus I'm working within the utility industry and having to work under industry and federal cybersecurity standards. So they told me initially they could sell me a, a, a smartphone that could be privatized and secured in March of 2018. And I even asked them if I could buy a flip phone that would be secure or have a PC from them. Over a three-month period, they were sending me uh, devices device suggestions that I had already researched. And after three months, they too concluded that they could not sell me a private or secure form of telecommunications due to uncontrollable pre-installed surveillance and data mining technology developed by Google, Apple, Microsoft, plus their business partners who are responsible for the apps that you can't uninstall, which include Amazon, Facebook, and other people that pay them billions of dollars to have access to you through the operating system. This is what they had to say. We have, we have reviewed your request at the highest levels of our organization and have confirmed that the only solutions to make a phone private and secure are available through third parties, not directly from Verizon. This means that as soon as you buy that phone and walk out of that store, you're already being surveilled and data mined. Additionally, Verizon is not equipped to address any pre-installed solutions or applications on the device. I was astonished 
that they had uh, admitted that in an email to me. So aside from the fact that products are not private or secure, and this is uh, something the keynote speaker touched base on in his session, the, 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 the applications that support these products are addictive and harmful, not according to me, but according to former executives, senior executives for Facebook and uh, lead product developers for Google. In uh, December of 2018, during an Axios interview, Sean Parker, the co-founder of Google, of co-founder of Facebook, had this to say. It's a social validation feedback loop. Exactly the kind of thing like a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting the vulnerability of human psychology. God only knows what this is doing to our children's brains. The inventors, creators, it's me, it's Mark Zuckerberg, it's Kevin Systrom of Instagram, it's all of these people understood this and consciously and we did it anyways. Why do they do it? Because they want your eyes on, the, on that screen 24 by 7 so that they can exploit you for financial gain. In 2018, Tristan Harris, a uh, lead product developer for Google, broke ranks and went public through a TED Talk in 60 minutes. And uh, he had this to say, the average person checks their phone 150 times a day. Why do we do this? Are we making 150 constant <coughs> voices? One major reason why is the number one psychological ingredient in slot machines, intermittent variable rewards, which means that these apps and platforms will give you a thumbs up. Balloons bursting with confetti, happy uh, emojis, and these type of things to keep you psychology the psychology to feel good because they're placating on your, your ego, your pride, the use of the device, and uh, so forth. And a lot of times, a lot of these people who get likes are getting likes from bots, and these things appear as thumbs up and all that, and, and a lot of the likes aren't even real people. And or they're boiler rooms that are paid to go out and, and actually access these accounts and, and follow these accounts, and they're, they're boiler rooms are used so that uh, these marketing companies can up the uh, followers so that they can keep people interested into these platforms. And again, they're starting to do AI with these bots as well. So you don't even know if a real person is following you or not. So, you know, we, we have to look at exactly what the products were de designed for. The first sign of surveillance capitalism showed up in the form of free web browsers in the, 80, in the 90s with uh, Google. That business model then proliferated to products that we paid for in the form of an Apple iPod that was connected in the uh, early 2000s. So once that I Apple iPod became connected, uh, Apple could reach into your iPod and look at your musical preferences to sell you music that you like, which is okay. In my, in my opinion, that, that level, if it's based purely on consumerism and my personal likes, I'm okay with that to some extent. Well, Apple, Apple figured out, God, if we could do this and, and proliferate this to a telephone and a PC, we could find out 100% about a single user. And that's exactly what they did, was they took uh, surveillance capitalism to a new level and then proliferated that technology into uh, 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 PCs, smartphones, tablets, and so forth. Google followed suit with the Android OS because uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but the former chairman, Eric Schmidt, also did work for Apple as well, and, uh, and so on. So you have to understand that we're using consumer-based technology within uh, a confidential and protected environment such as the defense industry, critical infrastructure, and so forth. Uh, so now, these, now this business model 
has pro proliferated to TVs, appliances, uh, cars, wearable tech, uh, tablet and smartphones, and even IoT and industrial IoT products are, are uh, being surveilled as long as they're supported by the Android OS, Apple iOS, and Microsoft Windows OS. So basically, what is surveillance capitalism? It's a business model. Uh, surveillance capitalism is simply monetizing the operating system user by way of predatory surveillance and data mining business practices. Now, a lot of people believe that um, when they use when they use Amazon or Facebook, they know they're they know they're the product. They know their personal information is being packaged. But really, there's no way to get to you from any of these companies, including Tencent in China, which develops the WeChat platform, and Baidu, which develops a lot of apps that are marketed towards kids. Um, um, the only way they can get to you is through the three main operating system developers, which is Google, Apple, and Microsoft. That's the gateway to you and I is through the operating system. These are truly the companies that hold uh, the power when uh, it comes to accessing the internet these days. And these companies here buy access to you through these three companies here. They include companies uh, like uh, Apple, Alibaba, Facebook, Prisma Labs from Russia, JD.com, a lot of people don't even know who JD.com is. They're one of the top 10 business uh, internet companies in the world and they're heavily invested in by Walmart. Um, they had to compete with Amazon, so they joined forces with a, a Chinese firm to do that. Uh, Twitter, Tencent, Baidu, and the latest one that you're hearing about is becoming the most uh, used social media platform in the world. You've all, I don't know, if you're over 25, you might not have heard of TikTok. If you're under 25, you know what TikTok is. And uh, if you're over 25, you know what WeChat is, and nobody's using, I mean, you, don't, you know what WhatsApp is, but uh, if you're under 25, you don't use WhatsApp, you're using WeChat which is developed by Tencent. Both uh, TikTok is developed by uh, ByteDance, which is a, another Chinese company. So basically, let's look at uh, who's making money off our personal and professional information. Well, it's Amazon. It's actually, a lot of people don't realize this, but Amazon has overtaken uh, Google almost by double as the most powerful internet company in the world. Um, Google's second, JD.com is third, Alibaba is fourth. And Facebook is fifth, uh, Tencent is sixth, Netflix, Bookings, and Baidu and eBay round out the top ten. Four of the top ten are Chinese companies and six are U.S. companies that partner with these companies. So they're all partners, they're all interconnected in, in some way. Um, so how do they get to our personal and professional information? When you see an app, you see convenience, necessity, and entertainment. When I see apps, I see legal malware supported by exploitive terms of use. That's exactly what an app is. When you use an app, you're using legal <laughs> malware that's designed to enable the developer to surveil your business activities through the access of the hardware on the device, the camera and microphone, and the sensors of the device, plus collect sensitive user data from your use of your calendar, your contacts, your email, your text messages. So this is how the sausage is, uh, is made, so to speak. So. <laughs> and they're collecting that uh, from you. So basically these companies have stopped viewing us as, uh, as customers and they look at us as uncompensated information producers who are basically, like uh, Morpheus so told Neo, basically a battery within the Silicon Valley matrix and they're making money off of us so they look at us as products that they can connect, uh, they can collect information and exploit for financial gain without even compensating us. Before it was done solely on free software like uh, uh, Google Web Browser 
or Facebook or Twitter where you were getting a, a service. But now it's proliferated to products that we pay for. And, uh, and they're still collecting a whole host of more information from the products we paid for than their free products and services. And uh, they're packaging it and uh, exploiting it. I'm only on Facebook, so only Facebook surveilling me. I'm only on Amazon, so only Amazon surveilling me. I'm only using a Google product, so only Google products surveilling me. That's not true. Today, the average uh, tech and telecom product user has a minimum of two or more active microphones and cameras around them all day long, if not more, depending on the, the products and services that they've invested in. Um, so your life is under audio surveillance, video surveillance, and physical surveillance uh, 24 by 7, 365 days a year by as many as 30 to 50 or more companies um, that have access to your microphones right now and cameras and or are collecting uh, sensitive user data off of your products today by virtue of all of the apps that, uh, that you're utilizing. Um, your devices are no longer under your control. They're remotely controlled by these companies who have access to your camera and your microphone that they can turn on without your confirmation. And I'll show you the, I'll show you the legalese that you've never seen before that's not published in online terms of use that explain exactly how much information and how much they can collect on you. This was a graph that was utilized in a, uh, <coughs> for the DHS, I was a, uh, uh, advisor for the uh, study on mobile device security which was published in uh, April of 2017 where I gave them my uh, smartphone research and that's the number of sensors that they can control. They can control your accelerometer, your biometric authentication, they can collect biometric data such as fingerprints, eye, uh, retina um, uh, information, facial recognition information. They uh, control the Wi-Fi uh, connection on the device. Uh, Near-field communications if you don't know what NFC is, you better learn about it because as soon as you turn your location services off, they can still track you through NFC tags, which are everywhere around us now. Those are in uh, cash registers for Apple Pay and Google Pay. So if I have my location services off, I go to the mall, and I'll walk by a register. They don't, need to, they don't even need to know. I don't even need to pay for anything or even uh, patronize the store. It'll ping my device as I walk by. Um, San, uh, San Diego and tell Google that I'm at the mall or what store I'm near. San Diego uh, deployed smart uh, streetlights with NFC tags in them. Those NFC tags will pick up, pick you up when, as soon as you drive by one of those uh, streetlights and or walk by and it sends the information not only to them but to people who they partnered with which are these companies. So they know where you're at and what you're doing without you having to have GPS uh, activated on your device. Uh, so there's multiple ways they can track you as well as uh, Wi-Fi access points and, uh, and uh, Bluetooth and, uh, and, and so forth. Okay, I want to break in here at this point because he goes into a long description of what is actually being collected and how it's being collected. Uh, I can just summarize to say everything that you're doing, everything you're saying, everyone you know, everyone you're connected to is being downloaded off of your devices and it's all legal. So I've cut this part out and I want to get into the next part about how it makes it legal. What was hidden from me were hundreds of application permission statements, application product warnings, and interactive active application permission command streams. Now, a lot of people are familiar with application permission statements from third-party apps when you downloaded and it asked your permission for this. They never looked at what was pre-installed in the phone, and that 
you're never asked from the pre-installed apps, can they have your calendar information or your location information? Why? Because the companies that developed the pre-installed apps paid billions of dollars to Google, Apple, and Microsoft to, to be able to lock you out of that type of control so that they can have access to you. That's how these companies made money doing it. So you're not, this is not transparent to you with your pre-installed apps. The other thing I found were interactive application permission command strings that enable two or more, actually an unlimited number of companies to surveil and data mine you off of a single app. So a company doesn't even have to develop the app. They can cut a partnership with another company and dovetail them on an app and multiple companies can surveil you off of a single app application. So that's another way they, that's again, that's part of the cash register, how they can make money. You don't want to develop an app, you want to buy space out of it. Uh, we'll, we'll let you write our app. Um, the collective terms of use, basically what I found out is it took me over four months to read my cellular phone agreement and I still don't understand it today, seven years later. Uh, <laughs> I found out that after I clicked on I agree, I, agree, I, I had accepted the terms of use that, ex of, uh, the, the total terms of use that exceeded over 3,000 pages of complicated legal leads written by all of the companies that were responsible for the development of the pre-installed apps and the, the the other content and cloud storage services that were associated with the device. But they're not publishing on the packaging or putting them online because they know if they did, you wouldn't buy the products to begin with. So they are warning you, but they're hiding it from you. The other thing is, um, again, um, the collective legal lease is written in a torturous manner so that the product user simply clicks on I agree so they can start to participate. Um, and uh, so it's all done uh, in a purpose manner. The most horrifying thing I found out too were the published agreement, the published legalese and the unpublished legalese contradict themselves. Both Sundar Pichai and uh, Mark Zuckerberg sit up there and tell Congress, well, the information we do share doesn't identify the user so they don't have to worry. Just read our privacy policies. We put it up there and they do. They put things on, online that you can read that say we may share your non-personal identifiable information publicly with our partners like publishers, advertisers, developers, rights holders, and now state actors that include local police departments, and I'll show you later who else they're sharing that with. In the device, this is an actual screenshot of what the app permission tells you it can do uh, and with your personal information. This was from a Samsung Galaxy Note supported by the Jelly Bean OS, which is Android. Allows the app to read personal profile information stored on your device, such as your name and contact information. This means apps can identify you and may send your profile information to others. The key word they leave out there is they say apps. No, this means app developers can identify you. Here's one with a product warning to actually censor your communications. Why, why would an app support a telecommunication product like a cellular telephone and then tell the person to censor their communications? Um, this is an Android app permission. This was on many apps. Allows the app to access and sync social updates from you and your friends. Be careful when sharing information. This allows the app to read communication between you and your friends on social networks regardless of confidentiality. A lot of people say, well, I use BlackBerry because they're private. No, they're not. They adopted the Android OS many years ago. So you're sharing information with Google, and again, there's that app permission about your personal information on a BlackBerry. You would have to go through 14 or more exact 
taps, touches, and swipes in the exact order to pull this language up. You're not going to find it accidentally. They hide it. It's better than any encryption I've ever seen to have to go through a sequence of exact touch, taps, and swipes to bring up this legalese that they say you A lot of people say, can they really access the mic and camera without my approval? Yeah, they tell you. Allows the app to record audio from the microphone. This permission allows the app to record audio at any time without your confirmation. Uh, Microsoft details exactly how they keylog you here. So if you don't do a custom install of the uh, Windows 8 or 10 and you did the quick install, they've been keylogging all of your use of your PC from day one. And they tell you for, to make your services better. Really? I'm going to share my company data with you who competes in over 100 industries worldwide and you're going to tell me that this is just going to make my experience better, that you can't, you don't make enough money to do this uh, on site with a test group that you can bring consumers in and watch how they use it. Here's the most astonishing uh, permission, I think, of all. We at Houdini created an algorithm to unlock phones. It's already in the apps. Allows the app to disable the key lock in any associated password security. And then they give you a false sense of security statement. For example, one of hundreds of reasons why they can unlock your phone when receiving an incoming call. They, you gotta look at the language carefully when they say, oh, it's just for in incoming calls. No, that's just one of hundreds of uh, examples. I'm breaking in again. Uh, he's gonna tell you now one of the best ways to avoid being constantly surveilled doesn't mean you, it, it stops surveillance uh, from someplace like Facebook, but it stops them for a certain amount of time. Check this out. If you click on the Facebook app and bypass going to the URL, then you open yourself up to all of this other surveillance uh, by Facebook through the app. Which means that when I get off of Facebook, uh, my account, the app is still enabled to surveil me according to the terms of use and they've collected my, my phone data, my location data, they've commandeered all my sensors on my device, including the accelerometer and all of this. That's why people say, hey, I was having a conversation with somebody, I wasn't even on Facebook, I turned my feed on and I get, I get all these ads. That's how it's being done. Google has an active um, they're, they're actively pursuing legislation to outlaw the use of URLs because they know that's, that, that's a workaround to them. They're not doing it to make uh, the internet safer. They're wanting people to have to use these intrusive apps to connect to their platforms rather than going straight to the URL to co connect to the platform. There were over 62 intrusive permissions associated with the, the Facebook app that allowed them to basically surveil and data mine 100% of all activity associated with the device. On an app, I couldn't uninstall. Amazon apps are exactly uh, designed the same way. Amazon had one advantage that Facebook didn't, and they could, for whatever reason, uh, Google, Apple, Microsoft allows Amazon to unlock your uh, passcodes. It's associated with products like Alexa, that's a voice assistant that supports Echo, and other, uh, other uh, voice assisted technology from uh, Amazon. Now, if you are one of the people who used Echo and started seeing these uh, news stories about it and said, eh, this is a little too creepy for me, I'm gonna put this Echo device in this coffee can. I'm gonna fill the coffee can up with cement and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it out to the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and drop it into the Gulf of Mexico and think that uh, uh, Amazon's still not surveilling me. As long as that Amazon app is on your smartphone, 
they have access to your camera and microphone, they're still recording all of your, your uh, conversations. So this means that when you activate one of these devices and you use this app, they have two mics on you immediately. Your mic is hot on your phone and your mic is hot on the device. I turn the device off thinking uh, that they're not listening to me. They're still listening to me through the app on the phone because I gave them the permission. Uh, when I activated it and accepted their terms of use, they collect my accounts, my contacts, surveil me, have access to the uh, camera and microphone, and so forth. Um, so they do a lot more surveillance. Google had to remove over 300 Android apps that were launching DDoS attacks on networks. Um, also, there was a weakness in the uh, uh, Apple MDM and security app platform that was actually allowing companies from China to uh, bleed corporate uh, information from Apple devices through that, uh, through that uh, uh, app and platform. Apps, again, uh, are subject Apple apps as well as Android apps, the man in the middle attacks and so forth. Those apps are being developed by nation state hackers looking for weaknesses in networks uh, from companies, uh, countries like China and Russia. The, the, imagine the expense to develop an app, a gaming app or any other app, and then know you're not gonna make money from it and launch it into a, 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 an app store to see how, much, how many networks you can disrupt. That's just testing the system. Again, if you wanna look at it in plain language, Google, Apple, and Microsoft are actively distributing Chinese and Russian surveillance and data mining technology via Google Play, Apple App Store, and Microsoft App Store in the form of applications that are developed by uh, uh, Badu, uh, WeChat by Tencent, Prisma Labs by Russia, and so forth. It's a big deal when that's being used in a, a utility. It's a big deal when it's being used in an enterprise business that's trying to protect their business data from competitors. You know, it may not be a big deal if I'm eating a hot dog at uh, Wienerschnitzel, but it's a damn big deal when it's in critical infrastructure in the defense industry. This is a bigger existential threat to privacy and cybersecurity and our economy than what ZTE or Huawei present with the ability to track information through uh, 5G networks and 4G networks and so forth. Uh, this is your phone and your PC. Regarding uh, great power competition pre-World War II, um, imagine if Deutsche Telekom was enabled by the U.S. government to surveil every, every citizen's telephones pre-World War II. And he was warning about great power competition from Russia and China and other bad actors like Iran. And he said, we're seeing that today. This is the resurgence of it. We saw pre-World War II from Japan, Italy, Germany, and Russia. First of all, I don't have a Facebook account. So does this mean that Facebook can surveil me without having an account? It damn sure does. My research concluded you can't privatize or secure the devices to begin with because the operating systems, the Android OS, Apple iOS, and Microsoft Windows 8 and 10 OS, any version before that is secure, but the 8 and 10 OS are built on an open API architecture, which means that uh, the APIs allow apps to interconnect with other apps on the phone and collect information. Now, the MDM app and security platform will protect you from the apps you download, but the apps that are pre-installed at the firmware level, the MDM uh, uh, security apps can't go below the uh, firmware to protect you from the, uh, the apps that were pre-installed, and there's a reason for that. Those companies paid to gain access to you. They wouldn't give them billion-dollar checks to gain access to you. And one example of that was last year, um, it was revealed that Google paid Apple $9 billion in 2018 and $20 billion in 2019 to remain the default uh, 
uh, web browser for, uh, for Safari. That's how much they paid uh, Apple to gain access to Apple users. So if you think you've escaped Google's clutches by using Apple products, you have not. Because they're the default uh, web browser for Safari. And that was done through a, a business deal. So again, it's the open API architecture that protects, that, uh, protects the pre-installed app developers. Um, um, and you can protect yourself from everybody else. So being that I do work in the uh, defense industry, I work in a confidential and protected environment. I wanted to see, is it legal for me even to use a smartphone within a confidential and protected environment? And I wrote an article about this. Business users of smartphones may be breaking the law. So a lot of you who work in government recognize NIST, uh, NERC, SIP, compliance with the utility industry and everything. Uh, HIPAA, um, FIPS, which is Federal Information Processing, uh, um, standards and so forth. So a confidential and protected environment is any environment governed by confidentiality agreements that you sign with your employer protecting company data, non-disclosure agreements that you sign with vendors, prospects, and other folks about your technology, um, industry and federal cybersecurity standards, uh, like uh, NERC SIP in the utility industry, and there's others. Uh, NIST is uh, another federal information processing standards, and confidentiality laws that govern <coughs> medical information, client attorney privilege, privilege and classified information. In any of these legal agreements and industry and federal cybersecurity standards and confidentiality laws, all of them that I analyzed never made a single exception for Google, Apple, or Microsoft plus their business partners to collect your telecom-related information from a device that's supported by protected telecom infrastructure governed by the FCC, which all these products are. Um, so they're going to tell you, you, you're not violating these because you gave us permission, but yes, you are violating these because in any of these legal agreements, they don't make exceptions for any of these companies. So NERC SIP doesn't say, yeah, you can use an intrusive Android device as long as you're only sharing your information with Google. They don't want your information shared with anybody from a telephone or a PC. Same with the, the federal information processing standards. So the issue is, and I, I wrote complaints to the FTC other government agencies and state AGs that people are breaking the laws, what I'm finding out is that nobody's enforcing the law. There are laws against this and nobody's actively enforcing these because it's telecom providers. If a car dealership were to have TNCs that were written in a manner that these TNCs are, the state AG would be the first one to get his picture taken while they're closing down the business and saying I'm protecting the consumer. But when it comes to Silicon Valley, you don't see these state AGs hardly anywhere with the exception of the, the, the Texas AG who's now going after these companies based on their surveillance and data mining business practices with other AGs around the country. And the FTC is no help either because they're not enforcing these laws. You're not supposed to be data mining and surveilling children under 13 according to COPA, which is the FTC online protection law for children. They're not enforcing it because kids are running, it should be illegal for a parent to give their kid a, a tablet PC to play on because the kid is being surveilled. Facial recognition is being done on them. Voice uh, surveillance is being done on them. Those are active laws that the FCC should be shutting these companies down, but they're not enforcing the law. Whew, that was a long one. And sorry it was so long. I usually try to keep these episodes to 30 minutes, but that was the best I could do. Uh, he pointed out some very interesting things about how we use our digital devices. And the takeaway that I've got is there is no way to avoid being surveilled through our digital devices. Just can't, can't be done. 
but there are ways that you can minimize it. And he outlined a couple of them, like number one, if you have the app on your phone and you have, have it activated, then it is listening to you as you are walking around, even if your phone isn't on. So you can do one of two things. As he said, you can delete your Facebook account. Uh, you can el eliminate it, uh, the app from your phone, uh, but that doesn't necessarily stop it. However, one of the things I did ask him about afterwards is, can you, if you do not activate those apps on your phone, in other words, if you shut them down when you are not using them, does that stop the surveillance? And the answer to that is yes. So that's that's something you can do to keep your, yourself um, free from corporate and foreign government surveillance is that when you're done using the app, just shut it down. And on top of that, do not allow the app to send you uh, notifications when something new is popped up. Uh, that's, that's another way that it keeps the phone active. So stop notifications and when you want to check your your accounts just go to your browser open up uh, the URL and check what's going on there uh, that's probably the best way to do it now it's going to be a little bit annoying because the companies like Facebook are going to keep uh, asking you oh don't you want to have the app on your phone uh, simply say no either that or just leave it up to the fact that you're going to be surveilled uh, that is the truth. So that's it for this episode of Crucial Tech. I hope it's not too depressing for you. These devices can be very wonderful. They do collect important information that can be used, like tracking where you are dur during this COVID-19 uh, issue. So there are trade-offs. There are some good things. There are some bad things. But the fact of the matter is there is some control that we have, and I suggest that you use it. So that's been Crucial Tech for this week. Again, if you have any questions or suggestions for uh, episodes, uh, drop me a line at lou at footwashermedia.com. Or if you're listening to this on the anchor.fm platform, you can actually leave a voice message that I might use for a future episode where you could be, you could be a guest on the show uh, talking about whatever it is you want to talk about. And, or I could use that as a, an idea for a future episode. So this has been Lou Covey. And this is Crucial Tech, a Footwasher Media production.